From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. So we are in Genesis chapter 31. And um, what we left yesterday is that Jacob had fled Uncle Laban with all of his possessions, including his two wives, all of his children and everything. And he fled in the dark of night. And Laban was very, very torqued about this. So he pursues Jacob, uh, believing that Jacob has stolen uh, a lot of things from him, particularly the gods. So apparently Uncle Laban had some gods in his house. And unbeknownst to Jacob, his wife Rachel had gone into the house and taken all the gods for the trip. And so Uncle Laban catches up with Jacob and they have a shootout at the OK Corral. Uh, and then Uncle Laban accuses Jacob of stealing the gods. And Jacob is like, I didn't steal the gods. Trust me. Go through any place you possibly can and look at everything and see if you can find the gods. I don't have them. And he's being honest because he doesn't know that Rachel did take the gods. And Rachel, who's a little piece of work, takes the gods, put them in the saddlebag on the camel, sits on the camel, uh, and says that she's having her menstrual cycle. And so, um, you know, they're going to stay away from her. Uh, and she's protecting the gods. And Uncle Laban goes through everywhere. He can't find the gods. And that's kind of where we left it. Um, Laban searched through everything in the tent but found nothing. Rachel says to her father, bold-faced lied, Don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm having my period. So he searched, but he could not find the household gods. So that's where we left it yesterday. Um, and now we're going to find out that Jacob, um, Jacob, I think, is done with Uncle Laban. Uh, and he's, he's has what I would call a Vesuvius moment. And we'll get into that. So let's pick up the story at Genesis chapter 31, beginning at verse 36. Jacob was angry and took Laban to task. What is my crime? He asked Laban. How have I wronged you that you hunt me down? And now that you have searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine and let them judge between the two of us. So Jacob is like, okay, I'm done. You've, you've looked, you've pursued me, and you're accusing me of doing all these things. So let's, let's have it out right here. Put everything out that you found that belongs to you. Put it out and let's just have it out because I'm done with this. So Laban is like, whoa. Oh, and then uh, verse 38. Now, this is what I believe Jacob has his Vesuvius moment. You could just hear him practically screaming at him. I've been with you for 20 years now. Your sheep and your goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself. And you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. And this was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night, and sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for 20 years I was in your household. I worked for you for 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks, and you changed my wages 10 times. And if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you. So you can just see... Jacob going off at Laban like this. I worked for you all these years. 
I built up your flocks. You didn't build up your flocks. I didn't even charge you for the for the animals that were lost. You always told me to pay you and I did pay. I did everything you asked me to do. We are good. As a matter of fact, I went over the top to bless you. Uh, and if, if God hadn't been with me and I'm leaving now, I'd have nothing. But God has blessed me. He certainly blessed you, but he certainly blessed me. Now we have both have, you know, flocks and goods and servants and you have no right to come after me. And you can just see the anger that's in Jacob's in Jacob's head as he speaks to Laban and lays that out on the line. I mean, we call this in my family a Vesuvius moment because um, because every once in a while I'll have a Vesuvius moment. I don't know if you know Mount Vesuvius, but it exploded right Pompeii, you know, destroyed the city. Um, and every once in a while, the 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 volcano erupts. And uh, this doesn't happen many times. But every once in a while in my life, I have what's called a Vesuvius moment where um, I just I just lose it, and I'm very embarrassed by it, and I'm, I'm not I'm not proud of it at all, which is why I don't do it that often, because I feel bad for months afterwards. Um, but this, um, you know, I try to be calm, cool, and collected. I try not to get uh, things angry at me. Uh, I mean, I don't like try to let things anger me, but I think way down deep where I don't even know about it, they fester. And then there'll be something that triggers it and, and I let it all out. And this is why I think Jacob is having a Vesuvius moment. I mean, he tries to accommodate Laban for 20 years and he bears the loss and he, uh, you know, does right by Laban and he does not try to take advantage of Laban. And because God loves Jacob, Jacob flourishes and grows, and now Laban is coming back and accusing Jacob of taking all of his flocks and his animals and his daughters and all this stuff when Jacob is the one who is being uh, truly on the up and up here and trying to really, you know, give Laban a good value for their service. Uh, and Laban, um, you know, because he's been doing it for 20 years. Hey, you know, I lost a flock. You owe me some money. Hey, I lost a sheep. You owe me some money. Hey, this happened. You owe me some money. And Jacob just takes it and takes it. You know, he wants to keep peace in his father-in-law. He wants to live in a happy family. But now he's done. He's leaving. He's taking the daughters and the flocks. And now it comes out. And boy, does it come out. Jacob has what I would call a Vesuvius moment. And he lays out everything. 14 years to get the daughters. Another six years for everything else. I treated you fairly. I didn't steal anything from you. Uh, the only reason why I have anything is because God loves me, not because you love me, but because God loves me. And uh, so I'm sure Jacob, uh, Laban, Uncle Laban, must have been taken aback a little bit. He hadn't seen this side of Jacob before. Uh, at least there doesn't be any indication that he'd seen this side of Jacob before. And so he's a little bit taken back by it. Let's continue reading. 43, so how does Laban answer? Well, Laban answers Jacob. The women are my daughters. The children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine, yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about the children they have born? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. So I think the message is through. The Vesuvius moment is effective, and Laban is uh, kind of put in his place, and, and he doesn't know how to deal with this. And he goes, well, wait a minute, you know, these women are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks. What he's saying is that, you know, I've just, I've just always considered you all to be a part of this tribe. You know, I didn't 
really realized that some of this stuff was yours and some of it was mine and there was, you know, possessions and, a, and uh, you know, maybe I acted in a way that I shouldn't have that's causing you to flee uh, and I'm sorry about that. And uh, I think Laban realizes now that he's, that J he's lost Jacob. He's lost his two daughters. They're going to go away. There's nothing he can do to bring them back. And so at most what he can do is maybe make a treaty between them. So that's what he's going to do is make a treaty. So beginning in verse 45. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And he said to his relatives, gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. And then Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha, and Jacob called it Galid. So they even given it different names. Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me today. That is why it is called Galid. It was also called Mizpah, because he said, May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a Mizpah. Uh, it used to be popular, I don't know, uh, in the 80s. But it was, a, it was a coin, and in the coin it was, it was two pieces of a coin that were joined together, uh, and it was split. And one person would have one, one part of the coin, and the other person would have the other part of the coin. And when it joined together, it made a full coin. And then it would say this on the coin, may the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. And um, it was very popular in the 80s to have a Mizpah coin. I never had one because I never wanted to be away from Jennifer, but um, I really wasn't away from Jennifer, hardly at all. Uh, but for people who go away, like they're military people or... Um, or people going off to college or things like that where they're gonna be separated for some time. They would get one of these Mizpah coins and one would take one part of the coin, the other would take the other part of the coin. They wear around you know, their heart, uh, around their neck. And, um, and it would be a reminder that somebody very, very close to you, somebody very special to you was gone for a while. And it would have what's called the Mizpah. May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. He goes on, if you mistreat my daughters, or if you take away any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. So um, Uncle Laban is saying, listen, let's, let's have this Mizpah between us. And then when we are away, uh, may the Lord watch over you and me, but don't you come back and take the wives. There's, I mean, you, there's still some boundaries which I won't, don't want you to cross, and you will not cross those boundaries. And then he goes on. Laban also said to Jacob, Here is this heap, and here is this pillar I have set up between you and me. The heap is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not go past this heap to your side to harm you, and that you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham... And the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Nahor, you'll remember, is the father, I think, of Uncle Laban. And, um, and basically, uh, he's saying, okay, we're going to set up this stone. I'll stay on my side. You stay on your side. Remember, that uh, may God bless you. May God bless me. But let's not go across this. I mean, this, this is now a place where it's a demarcation. It's the demilitarization zone between us, right? You won't go to me and I won't go to you. And then, they, and then finally, so Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. And then he offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. 
And after they had eaten, they spent the night there. And early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters, and he blessed them. And then he left and returned home. So it was inevitable. I mean, they had 20 years together, uh, 20 years where Jacob was there watching after the flocks. Well, 20 years, yeah, watching after the flocks, uh, working 14 years for Laban to gain the right to marry his two daughters, all these grandchildren, you know, bringing so much joy and blessing to the household. And a lot of it is due to Jacob and his efficiency at being a shepherd um, and, and Rachel and Leah managing, you know, the estate. Um, but now it's time for Jacob to become his own man. And so he's leaving Laban and it didn't go well and it was never going to go well. There's no easy way to part. Um, if you've ever left home or if you've ever left a business or if you've ever left uh, something that's special to you, you know that it's hard. There's no easy way to do it. Um, and uh, particularly, oh my goodness, if you are Laban and you, and you know, this is probably half or more of the joy of his, you know, well, it's all his daughters, right? All he's got left now are maybe some sons, maybe some other daughters, maybe some other grandchildren, some servants. But this is a, this is a, this is a splitting of the tribe, I would say, or more. Um, and that's hard for Laban. I mean, it's hard for anybody when the tribe splits. But it's really hard for Laban because he kind as he says he said I I thought all this was mine you know I I, I forgot that God had blessed you and that really it is yours and you can see that Laban has become more docile Laban comes to the understanding that uh, the best he can do out of this thing it's going to happen he's the split's going to happen the best he can do is to bless his daughters bless his grandchildren love them one last time because you never know when you never know. Uh, when is the last time you're going to see somebody? Um, you know, Laban has the opportunity to bless his grandchildren. But all of us, any day that you have with your loved ones, my um, wife's <coughs> grandmother used to say the, blessed, the most blessed time in your whole entire life are when the feet of your children are around the dinner table. And um, man, that's always stuck with me. I mean, she used to say that all the time. Uh, the most blessed time of your life is when the children are around the dinner table. So for us, uh, growing up, we always held the dinner time sacred. We always had dinner together as a family every night. And because uh, I remembered that. And sort of my wife. I mean, she kind of enforced it more than I did. But when you have your children at home and they're all around the dinner table, that's, that, is the, that is the blessing of life. And it only happens for a few years, right? You only get your kids... Uh, until they go off to college. So there's only, what, 18 years that you get them or, or you know, move out of the house or whatever it is. Uh, and so uh, that is a very, very, very precious time when they're all around the table. So enjoy every single minute of it. Uh, and, and when you're around anybody you love, make sure you enjoy that also because you just never know how long it's going to last. You never know when it's the last day any of us are going to be on this earth. So every day when you wake up, just enjoy God's blessings. Enjoy the people that he surrounded you with. Because at some point, it might be Laban and Jacob and Rachel and Leah and all the servants. There might be a split. So um, that kind of ends Genesis 31. Uh, tomorrow, we'll go to see what happens to Jacob. Because Jacob now, uh, now that he's made this, I guess you'd call it made peace with Laban, 
which is good. I'm so glad that Laban, you know, pursued Jacob. In any event, Jacob should have never left the way he did. Um, it's not that he, it's just he couldn't confront Laban and he, he didn't, he didn't have the, the fortitude to be able to make that confrontation. So he left in the dead of night. But Laban, bless his heart, came and pursued Jacob. And I think he was going to really, I mean, what was in his heart? Was he going to try to get Jacob to come back? Or did he, did he just didn't want it to end on a note, a sour note? Or did he want to get his gods back? I mean, who knows what it was? But thank goodness that he did. And they pursued him. And they had this okay, you know, the shootout at the okay corral. Because I think they're leaving on a good note. Um, they have a covenant. They have a treaty. They understand each other. Uh, Laban understands that Jacob has to come into his own. And Leah and Rachel got one last time with their dad. The grandchildren got one last time with their grandfather. And it seems like they've been able to part now. So I think we're in a good spot, at least between Jacob and Laban. But now you'll have to remember that back at the home front, 20 years ago, Jacob stole the, the blessing from Isaac. And Esau was really torqued, so torqued to Jacob that he wanted to kill him. And uh, Jacob's mom said, go to Uncle Laban, stay for a little bit and then come back. Well, he stayed 20 years and now he's heading back and we have no idea how it's going to go when Jacob meets Esau. Uh, Esau could still have red eyes and be very, very upset with Jacob. Um, or maybe 20 years is enough to calm him down from Jacob leaving. You know, Esau, probably without Jacob around, Esau saw how difficult it is to manage that family and how wonderful Jacob had managed the family when he left. So who knows what'll happen? I guess we'll find out uh, when we get back together again. So we're not going to get back together again on Monday and we won't get back together again on Tuesday. So have a nice four-day weekend. Enjoy it. Make sure you watch the conference on Tuesday night, the opening session, uh, and then we'll get back together again Wednesday and, um, and we'll, we'll figure out what happens when Jacob meets Esau, all right? So thanks for joining me and uh, God's richest blessings to you on your day today. Um, we're gonna pray. Gracious God, thank you for the blessings of this day. Keep us safe in you. Lord, when we... Uh, when we have to leave, it can be difficult. Um, so be with us whenever, whenever we have to leave. Keep us in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray.